0: Welcome back to Big lezers League and all rugby league experience. Welcome back to your round eight preview. Round eight. It's already round eight. Isn't this competition going way too fast? Slow down. Slow down, NRL. But anyway, we go into the first game of the week. The first game of the week was the Sharks v. the Broncos. And what a game that was. I commentated that one on the Thursday night before I went up to Gosford for that Friday night game, which we'll get to in a second. But I commentated this game and watching it, I thought that the Sharks, they started off really well in that first half. But I thought that, you know, towards the end of that game, they really started to drop off. There were some really good individual efforts. I thought Talakai... While he didn't get involved as much as I think the Sharks would have liked, he still managed to run over 100 metres. So he was still trying to put in the work. I thought Katoni Staggs, he stood out really for me. For Brisbane, I thought that he definitely won that battle there in the centres. I thought that the Sharks looked really good in that first half. I thought they looked really impressive. I thought Hines was really starting to get that side on a roll. But I think come the back end of the first half and going into the second half, I think Brisbane really started to get this momentum. Obviously, Stags, Farnworth and Capewell all scored. so. Uh, Look, it was a great game by Brisbane at the end of the day. Uh, Sharks will need to go and work on that. If they are to be this big top four side that everyone's saying they're going to be, I think they really need to work on that part of their game and win against these other sides. Because we all know that they're capable of that. So I'm fairly confident next week against the Warriors that they will get the win there. Uh, I think that'll be one of their easier games. But anyway, we'll go through the stats for that game. The Sharks actually had more possession. They had 51% possession, while the Broncos, they had 49%. Uh, Completion rates was 77% for the Broncos, 70% for the Sharks. And if they want to win against these teams, they're going to have to get the completion rate up, which as, as I said, very, very capable of doing so. The Broncos had 31 out of 40 sets completed. Uh, And then the Sharks, 29 out of 41. So as I said, yeah, Sharks definitely need to improve that. Corey Oates for the Broncos was sensational. 213 meters, 72 post contact meters. So he was electric, got in my team of the week, which I'll announce later. Uh, But Corey Oates, yeah, definitely one of the standouts in this Broncos side. And I'm really happy for Corey Oates that he is one of the standouts because last year he wasn't even getting picked in the side. So... The way he's come back, the way he's earned himself a spot in this team, I think is really impressive. I thought Adam Reynolds was unreal as well, especially when you look at how he's controlled this side, how he's made this side his own, how he's leading the Broncos around the park, which I think is really impressive. Payne Haas. Payne Haas is just one of the ultimate competitors in that front row. No matter what happens to him, he's just a competitor. He'd obviously succumb to that shoulder injury, but he played for two or three weeks with that injury. So the fact that he can do this carrying an injury just makes me scared for when he's all good, medically okay. As for the Sharks, I think that William Kennedy stood out. He was originally in my team of the week before I changed it up. I pretty much put him in that team of the week at the start of the week. I had no questions there. I put him in, uh, but obviously I had to swap him out for someone else. But his effort in that game was sensational and a losing side. I thought that he competed really well. All of the backline, Kennedy, Katoa, Ramian, C.O.C. Vitalikai, and Ronaldo Milatala. they all ran for hundred over 100 meters, which is really, really good. Nico Hines himself ran for over 100 metres, which for a half is really impressive. So you know that him and Matt Moylan are putting in the work. Uh, Matt Moylan just off 100 metres with 99. So really, really good efforts there from both of those guys. And unfortunate that they didn't come up with the win there. The next game was the Panthers v. the Titans. I thought this game was really good as well. The Titans at the start were well and truly in this game. It was really, really confusing because I've never seen Panthers against a bottom eight side, in my opinion, not win by more than 30 points. It was really, really strange. Uh, the score was 18 to four. Greg Mars, you obviously went over for the Titans. Isaac Targo, Nathan Cleary, and Jerome Lui went over for the Panthers. Nathan Cleary, for me, obviously being the standout, brought them back into this game, but it wasn't the fault of the Panthers. The Titans were actually really competing, uh, which was very impressive, in my opinion, and I really enjoyed watching this game. In terms of the stats, the possession was 53% to the Titans, 47% to the Panthers, which is, again, really surprising. The completion rate for both teams was 72%. 72% for both teams. They both completed 31 out of 43 sets. So, yeah, wow, well, that's not often that you see the same completion rate for two teams. In terms of individual performances... For the Titans, Fodoweka and Isaac Liu. uh, Probably guys that people don't talk about, but over 100 meters, uh, 61 post-contact meters there for Fodoweka, and then 43 for Isaac Liu. So yeah, I thought that the two front rowers performed really well. Tino for Sulamala Aoi, 163 metres there. I thought the entire forward pack, to be honest, was quite impressive that night. I thought they really played some good football and they competed with the Penrith Panthers. So great stuff from the Gold Coast Titans. I thought they did a really good job in that game. Uh, looking at some more individual stats here for them. Greg Marzou, I thought was quite good with 195 metres, 84 post contact metres and 12 tackle breaks, one line break. Uh, I thought he was quite good there. Greg Marsu and AJ Brimson, 146 metres, three post-contact metres, three tackle breaks and two offloads. Some great individual performances there. Whether AJ will be at fullback again next week or whether he will go back to 5'8", I'm not too sure. But I do think that they need to get Jaden Campbell back in that side. If he's playing reserve grade, then he's fit to come back. I think he's an essential part of their side. But for the Penrith Panthers, in terms of individual stats, I thought that Nathan Cleary was quite impressive. Even though he didn't get the stats, you could see how he leads around that side. Uh, Isaac Targo and Talon May. These two are something special. Isaac Targo, 101 meters, 26 post contact meters, two tackle breaks. And then for Talon May, and this is surprising. 10 tackle breaks. 10 tackle breaks, ladies and gentlemen. 50 post contact metres, 182 metres, uh, and 12 runs. So really good performance there from Taylan May. I thought that. James Fisher-Harris, 165 metres. Quite impressive there. 68 post contact metres as well. Uh, and then you look at Isaiah, 126 metres, 42 post contact metres, and two tackle breaks, one offload. Uh, great stuff there from Isaiah. Yo. So You can see why the Pentworth Panthers won this game. They were really on the trot. Now, the third game of the round, the one I was lucky enough to go up to Gosford for, I was lucky enough to go up with my pop and my uncle. It was a really, really, really good game. The South Sydney Rabbitohs v. the Manly Seagulls. The score was 40 to 22. However, Manly were in it to win it for sure. Even with the disadvantage of having 12 men, I reckon they were in this one for sure. Looking really, really solid. And I honestly think if they did have all 13 men, then they definitely come close to winning that game for sure. Try scorers were Keon Kalamutangi, Alex Johnston, Isaiah Tass, Tom Burgess, Cody Walker, Cam Murray, Black Taff. And then for the Manly Seagulls, it was Kieran Foran, who was a bit debatable on that try. Uh, Jason Saab, Kristen Twipoloto, and Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, five from seven kicks from Black Taff, three from four, from Ruben Garrick and it was a really entertaining game to watch. The Travoyvich family was sitting behind us. We really couldn't give Manly that much shit, a proud South supporter that I am, but it was a really cool experience meeting Tom Travoyvich's dad and his mum who were sitting behind us. My pop was just yarning away with them and they were having a big, big chat uh, while we were watching the game, which was pretty cool. But the atmosphere at the game, the game itself was amazing. I've never seen the Central Coast as crowded as a stadium. It was the longest line in rugby league to get in. It was literally like the mosh pit at a concert. It was that crowded at the entrance to the field. It was crazy. I've never, never seen a line like that to get into a footy game. It was crazy. We actually missed, we had to to stream the game on my phone through KO out the front of the stadium. We missed the first 10 minutes. We're live. I was streaming it on my phone, but we were watching it live for the first 10 minutes before we actually got into the stadium. But it was a great game of football, a great game of football. As I said, Manly definitely stuck in there. Enough about me having a dribble and bragging about going to the game. We'll talk about the stats in this one. Their possession was 51% to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 49% to the Manly Seagulls. The completion rates was 80% to South Sydney, 83% to the Manly Seagulls. 33 out of 41 sets completed for South, 31 out of 37 sets completed for the Manly Seagulls. So they were pretty even in the stats. And as I said, if Manley had 13 men out there, I'd be pretty scared for them winning that game. Standout performances, Campbell Graham. Campbell motherfucking Graham. He was outstanding in this game. Really awesome performance from him. And the try set up at the end was really good as well. 18 runs, 190 meters, 71 post contact meters, four tackle breaks, uh, one line break assist, one offload. 24 tackles, 5 missed. Really great performance there from Campbell Graham. I think he's definitely in some origin form for sure. He has to be at least in the conversation. Uh, Cody Walker as well. 13 runs, 86 metres, which isn't too bad for a half. Not bad at all. Uh, Tackles was 21, 0 missed tackles. But the stats aren't really the reason that he's in my team of the week. The reason he's in there is just the way he looked on the field, the way he was setting up things with kicks He looked really impressive. And then next to his halves partner, Lachlan Ilias, who's 16 runs, 146 metres, 38 post-contact metres, two tackle breaks, one line break. But Lachlan Ilias, he was just everywhere and he's really doing a good job in that seven jersey for South Sydney. Sevilla Havili off the bench as well, 123 metres, 64 post-contact metres. I thought that was a great effort off the bench. Shakai Mitchell, 11 minutes. I thought in 11 minutes of football for a front rower, he looked really good. He also got shifted to the back row as well. I thought he had a really good stint there while it was short. They're sort of easing him into first grade, which is what I like. Uh, But I thought he had a really good stint there. He took some tough carries, some tough carries. I thought he looked really good. As for the Manly performances, I thought Christian Tui Tuipoloto with 193 metres, 71 post-contact metres and six tackle breaks, I thought he had a really good game for the Manly Seagulls. Kieran Foran, 100 metres, eight post-contact metres, but... He was just in everything Kieran Foran, so a really good game from him. And then the rest of the team as well, I thought, stood up in those tough moments. Toletau-Kaula, 146 metres, 55 post-contact metres. Going down the list here, Sean Kepi, 106 metres, 40 post-contact metres. Really good game there from Manly. But obviously, South came back in the end and got the win. Moving on to the next game and sticky Ricky nearly got a first win for his side in the past five weeks. It wasn't meant to be the Warriors won 21 to 20. Some really good performances from the Warriors as well. I thought they really stuck in there, but so did the Raiders. Oh, would I say it's good signs for the Raiders? Not really, because it isn't a top eight side. Uh, But they're getting somewhere. They're getting somewhere. They're sticking in games, which is a really good sign. I just want to give Jack Whiten a shout out. Jack Whiten doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. He puts in huge efforts for his side week in, week out. It's really unfortunate that his side isn't getting the wins. Uh, I thought the real two standouts from the Raiders for me uh, were Jack Whiten and Josh Papali'i. For Jack Whiten, he got 12 runs, 105 meters, 14 post contact meters, Five tackle breaks, one line break, two line break assists. 15 tackles, two missed. So I thought that was a really good performance from him. And then Josh Papali'i, he played for 45 minutes, 128 metres with 12 runs, 46 post-contact metres, and then 29 tackles with only one missed there. So really good performance from Josh Papali'i, in my opinion, for a front row. I thought he was solid. Ryan Sutton, I think, is just tough. 113 metres. 51 post contact meters. I thought he was really solid in that game. The weirdest sub change for me that I saw in that game was Adam Elliott at hooker. I thought that one was a bit strange there. As for the Warriors, Sean Johnson with the winning field goal. I thought he was impressive at times. Adam Fanua Blake, week in, week out. He's putting in big performances. 145 meters. 66 post-contact meters, 24 tackles with only two missed. So big performance from Adam Fenwell-Blake in that one. I thought he played really well. It was a pretty even game by both sides, but the Warriors obviously just scraped the win there. Second week in a row where Sean Johnson gets the win by field goal. So great stuff for him. Uh, The next game was the Bulldogs v. the Roosters and this one really sent my tipping on a crash course. It really did. It really stuffed me up for the rest of the week. Uh, The Bulldogs, they got the win here 16 to 12. I told everyone I did. I said that this was going to be a really close game and it was. Uh, The Bulldogs put in a really good performance there to get the win over the Roosters, which is really good for Trent Barrett. It's a really good story for him there. Uh, There were some really good performances in this game. Matt Dufty, 129 metres, 55 post contact metres. Matt Burton. I just want to give credit to Matt Burton because he was everywhere as well. He was really involved for his side. Only 51 metres there, but I thought that some of the touches he's had... For me personally, I think he's doing a good job, especially since it's his first year coming back full-time at 5'8", rather than being full-time at centre. I think it's a bit of a switch there. and I think he's just starting to get used to that. I know he's a 5'8 usually, uh, but he's played a whole season at centre and was one of the best centres and then came over to come back and play his natural position at 5'8". He's getting used to a new team. There's a lot of factors to take into this one. I thought... Putting that, all that in mind, I think he's had a pretty good start to the season, though. I think he started off really well. O'Carr obviously got the try double there at the start, which was really cool. Uh, there was some good signs in the Roosters. But again, we come back to inconsistency. We come back to errors. Uh, it's really unfortunate to see. And I, I love watching the Roosters go well, even though I am a South supporter, uh, but this inconsistency is, is putting them in a bit of a hole at the moment, the Sydney Roosters. And if they are the team to win the comp at the end of the year, they really need to start getting some wins together uh, and really starting to gel that side up because it's a side that's played together for years now. We know that they were split up last year, obviously with all the injuries and whatnot, but they've played together before that. So it's going to be a really tough few weeks for the Roosters if they can't get some wins together. And I really hope they do for their sake. Uh, as for the Bulldogs though, a really good a grind at win as I said uh, we look at some of the stats from the Roosters I thought Tedesco was really adamant for his side 299 meters and 65 post contact meters I thought that was a really good effort from him uh, Adam Kieran the late inclusion as well I thought he had some good touches but I would love to see him get a bit more involved and Joseph Manu his center pairing got hardly any ball he ran for 40 meters 40 metres from Joseph Manu. That's unheard of. Uh, Suwali, who was on his side, 143 metres, 63 post-contact metres. I thought that Joseph Manu did well in setting up Suwali, but he didn't get much ball himself to do what Joseph Manu wanted to do with the ball, which I thought was really disappointing. Victor Adley, I thought, had a pretty decent game. 149 metres, 35 post-contact metres, uh, 33 tackles with only three missed there. I thought Victor Adley had a pretty decent game. But it's this inconsistency, as I say, with the Roosters that's really starting to get disappointing. Uh, And I hope they do dig themselves out of this hole because it really doesn't look good. Uh, Moving on to the next game, and this one was probably one of my favourites from the week, uh, the Cowboys v the Eels. I definitely stuffed up some tips here because the Cowboys, 35-4 over the Parramatta Eels. The Cowboys really impressed me over the weekend. And if they can do this against the top sides in our competition... Wow. I am excited for the Cowboys come finals time. I reckon they're going to be up there for sure. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see how this Cowboys side goes. I think they can definitely make it with the top sides. If they can beat these top sides, look out. But we'll get into this game. We'll get into this game because I think there were some huge performances from the Cowboys. And before we sort of get into these stats, I just want to talk about Scott Drinkwater. Scott Drinkwater. Scott Drinkwater has been unreal over the past few weeks. Unreal. 122 run meters, 42 post-contact meters, two tackle breaks, three line break assists, One offload. And he was just everywhere. He was almost like a second 5'8". Almost like a second 5'8". And that's what really lets this Cowboys side play well. So really excited to see how his development at fullback goes over the next few weeks. But I think he has to stay there. I think he has to stay there. And even if that means that Hamaso stays in the 14 role, whether he comes in on the wing or in the centers, I think that he can't take Scott Drinkwater out of that spot. If he does, I'll be shocked. I think Scott Drinkwater has to be in this side somewhere. And I think his spot, he's made his home at fullback. He's made his home at fullback, and I'm very confident in that. He is in my team of the week at fullback. I'm not even going to lie to you. Uh, I just thought that his performance was unreal in that side, and he was one of the main factors to why they won. Also, Chad Townsend as well. Uh, I thought he had some really good touches in that game. And while he didn't really have the big stats. Uh, He just had a huge performance. His kicking game was sensational for the Cowboys. In terms of the entire game, though, it was 51% possession to the Parramatta Reels, 49% to the Cowboys, which is huge. Completion rate, 84% to the Parramatta Reels. This is a Parramatta Reels side completing to a high standard versus a Cowboys side Completing to an even higher standard with less possession. So that's just what made this game win even more special. And especially the margin. You wouldn't think about that looking at these stats. It was 32 out of 38 sets completed for the Parramatta Reels. And it was 33 from 37 from the North Queensland Cowboys. So really, really good effort here from North Queensland. Uh, I've gone through some of the Cowboys stats. I will go through also uh, the Parramatta Stats. Will Penasini, 207 metres, 80 post-contact metres, three tackle breaks. And Isaiah Papali'i, 123 metres, 60 post-contact metres, one offload and 36 tackles with only two missed. So really good efforts there from both of those guys from Parramatta. In terms of North Queensland as well, I want to give a huge shout out to Ruben Cotter. Played 80 minutes in the front row. 80 minutes in the front row for a dummy half. This guy is a dummy half. He's a hooker. And he played 80 minutes in the front row. He had 137 meters, 66 post-contact meters, uh, three tackle breaks. Uh, We look through these stats even more. 54 tackles. 54 tackles. What an effort from Ruben Cotter. And his hits were hard. He pretty much shut down Junior Paulo and Regan Campbell-Gillard, who were the informed front rowers. The informed front rowers for that Parramatta side, probably in the comp as well, their efforts over the past few weeks have been outstanding. Reuben Campbell-Gillard and Junior Paulo. And Reuben Cotter shut them down with two tackles. I mean, his effort, Reuben Cotter, was outstanding. And I thought that he had a really good game in that one. And yeah, he was definitely my man of the match, even over Scott Drinkwater, over Chad Townsend. I think Reuben Cotter... His defense won the Cowboys that game as well as, obviously, the try scoring. I thought that Ruben Cotter had a really good game. The one that surprised me, the stat that surprised me was, obviously, Hamaso doe 14 minutes, 156 run meters, 23 post-contact meters, and a try. What on earth? In 15 minutes of football. Could you imagine 80 minutes of football? It'd be almost double that. So this guy has to be in the side somewhere. And that's the tricky part. If he was at fullback, he would have got twice as much. But Scott Drinkwater's there and playing in good form. So you can't put him at fullback. Maybe for Peter Hiku. I mean, Peter Hiku's had some pretty good performances as well. So, geez, it'd be very hard to take anyone out of this side For me, if I had to pick someone now, it'd probably be Murray Talalonghi, as unfortunate as that is. I'd probably have to take Murray Talalonghi out of the side uh, to put the hammer in there on the wing, which is unfortunate. But at the end of the day, I think that the hammer has to be in this side somewhere. Either that or the only other position I can see him playing is really at the 14 jersey, which is... What a lot of people said in my comment section, whether I asked whether he should play 14 or whether he should play in the starting lineup, most of them said that the only place they can see that him is in the 14 jersey. So look, it's going to be very interesting to see the Cowboys lineup next week. And hopefully Scott Drinkwater, he retains his spot there at fullback because I cannot see him losing that. He is he has been sensational. The next game after that was obviously the Knights v. The Storm, 50 to two. Do I really need to say anything about this game? Do I really need to say anything about this game? 50 to 2. The try scorers were, and this is all Melbourne Storm. Olam, Xavier Coates, Jerome Hughes, Justin Olam, Xavier Coates, Xavier Coates, Tepai Moroa, Nick Meaney, Cameron Munster, six out of nine goals from Ryan Pappenhausen. The only points that the Knights got was through a penalty goal, and and Ryan Pappenhausen obviously plugged one of those as well during that game. Really unfortunate for the Knights, and I'm really starting to get concerned. I'm really starting to get concerned with the Knights. This is going to sound really harsh, but if they don't get another win in the next few weeks, come finals time, I could really see that wooden spoon coming into fruition. And that would be really unfortunate, especially since KP's just re-signed at the club. Yeah, it'd be really unfortunate to see that prediction come into fruition. I obviously wanted to see the Knights do well this season. At the start of the season, I thought that I was going to get shat on by the end of it. I thought the Knights were going to have a really good season. Uh, but they that form started to fade away. It really started to fade away. And now Knights are in a really deep hole, and they can't really dig themselves out of it, can they, at the moment, unless they start winning games, playing some good football, and those main guys, Jake Clifford, Adam Klune, uh, Kalen Ponger, Tyson Frizzell, obviously when Dane Gagai comes back as well, the main guys in that side, the leaders and the X Factor, they all need to stand up. Bradman Best as well, I can include in there, because as I said, if they keep losing games, unfortunately, I can see them winning the wooden spoon this season. I could see them winning it, especially the little role that the Tigers were on. Some good signs from them showing us that they can win games, not only against the top sides, but they can win games in general. Obviously they didn't win today and we'll get to that game later. But for me, if there's a battle for the spoon, it's between those two sides. So... Hopefully, the Knights can play some good footy. I love the Knights. I want to see them do well, but if they keep going down this path, unfortunately, I can see them winning the Wooden Spoon at the end of the year. In terms of the stats for this game, the possession. Now, this is hectic. This is hectic. The possession for the Newcastle Knights during this blowout, during this game, was 37%. 37%. That is dreadful. That is dreadful. And that is what really concerns me. They can't hold onto the ball. And when they have the ball, they can't do much with it. Now, not only that, but their completion rate was 55%. Now, I know it was against the Melbourne Storm. I understand that. I get it. But it's really unfortunate that the Knights couldn't manage to get the ball back in their hands. And at the end of the day, a really poor performance from them. And if, as I said, if they keep going down this path, they're going to win the wooden spoon. possession for the Melbourne Storm, 82% completion rate. For the Knights, it was 16 out of 29 sets completed, 32 out of 39 for the Melbourne Storm. So you can see the differences in class. Obviously, it's the Melbourne Storm, but you can see the differences there. They need to start completing in the high 70s at least the Knights to win some games, and they need to do it fast because... They're going to get left behind at the end of the day. They're sitting last at the moment and they're going to get left behind if they keep losing games. Now, I'm not even going to go through the stats in that one. I just think that Cameron Monster had an absolute field day uh, and then Storm, they just looked really, really good. Uh, Xavier Coates obviously getting a hat trick there as well. Some really good footy there by the Melbourne Storm. The last game of the round was the Dragons v. the West Tigers. The end of score was 12 6. Ben Hunt and Jaden Sullivan scored there for the Dragons. Uh, and then the West Tigers scored through Luke Brooks. I'm really liking how Luke Brooks has been playing over the past few weeks. I think that he has played some good footy. He's starting to get comfortable, especially since Jackson Hastings is there to free him up. It just looks so much better for Luke Brooks. Uh, obviously, they couldn't grab the win here, which was quite surprising considering that they beat the Parramatta Reels and they beat the South Sydney Rabbitohs. But you got to remember, it was only one point between those both of those games, actually. It was both field goals. In the absolute battle of things, I think that's where the West Tigers still struggle. And I think they need to improve that area of their game. Now, what concerns me is when Adam Dewey returns, where is he going to play? Are they going to push him out into the centers? What is going to happen? It's going to be a really big headache for Madge McGuire. But one I think he's going to be happy to have. But at the same time, he's just sort of started to get his halves pairing to work out. And now he's got another one coming back from injury. So it's going to be a bit of a headache there for Madge Maguire. But as I said, one that I think he might be happy to have. Ben Hunt, I think over the past few weeks, he's been in some really good form. I could see him grabbing that Nines jersey for Queensland. Uh, obviously, Harry Grant is probably going to get it. So maybe a 14 there from Ben Hunt. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how this Queensland lineup is shaped. I, I don't know what Billy Slater's coaching style is like. Obviously, he's it's his first time coaching, so we don't know what his coaching style is like, what players he wants in his side. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that side is lined up. But let's look at some stats from that game. Now, possession. It was pretty even. 45% for St. George and 55% for the West Tigers. 73% completion rate from the St. George of Lawra Dragons, and then 77% for the West Tigers. 28 out of 38 sets completed for the St. George of Lawra Dragons, 34 out of 44 sets completed uh, for the West Tigers. So pretty similar stats there. Uh, These two both need to get their completion rates up if they want to have some sort of taste of finals. I don't think either of them will get there, but I think that St. George have a bit of a chance... I thought Moses Embi was really impressive. 147 metres, 48 post contact metres, two tackle breaks, one line break assist, 15 tackles. I think Moses Embi is doing quite a good job, but I think that if the... Dragons want to start breeding for the future. they got to bring Tyrone Sloan back into this side soon. I think Moses Zembai is more suited to that 14 jersey. Francis Molo was also really impressive. 105 running metres, 52 post-contact metres. Ben Hunt, 89 metres, 3 post-contact metres, 6 tackle breaks, 1 line break, 1 offload, 11 tackles with 9 miss, 624 kicking metres. I thought his kicking game was sensational in that game. As for the West Tigers, Jackson Hastings and Luke Brooks. I thought they played quite well in this one. For Luke Brooks, it was 150 meters, 29 post contact meters, six tackle breaks. As for Jackson Hastings, it was 176 meters, 36 post contact meters, six tackle breaks as well. So both halves, I thought, played quite well in that one. Luciano Le Lua, 154 meters, 80 post contact meters, six tackle breaks uh, and two offloads there as well. I thought Luciano Le Lua... Was quite impressive in that one. So great performances from both sides there. Really entertaining game of football. In terms of the fantasy score, not the best, but still quite good compared to previous weeks. I got 815 points. High scorers were Blake Braley at 53, Josh King at 41, Cab Murray 59, Isaiah Yo 63, uh, Isaac Tigo 40. Uh, Nathan Cleary, I doubled him for 140, but he got 70 points, uh, with, if you don't captain him, 62 for Cameron Munster, 51 Isaiah Tass, uh, and then Nico Hines at 66, Xavier Coates, 52 as well. Uh, so some good performances there by most of my team, 815, I'm very happy with that, uh, and I just, just lost, uh, to the guy in, I was versing in my league who got 818, um, so congratulations to Marlinator 96 Mylinator, Marlene Jenner, uh, Marlinator 96 uh, Beat me there by a few points, uh, but very happy with how I went there, uh, especially, as I said, compared to previous weeks. Uh, in terms of the tipping, I had a bit of a shocker because the games I thought I got right, I didn't. Uh, I was three out of eight. Uh, I lost the Sharks game. I tipped the Broncos. I picked Penrith against the Titans. I picked South against Manly. Uh, I got Canberra wrong. I tipped Canberra and New Zealand one. I tipped the Roosters and Bulldogs one. I tipped Power and North Queensland one. then I tipped the West Tigers and the Dragons one. So not the best week of tipping at all. Three out of eight. It is shocking. Uh, I'm still coming first in my footy chat tripping comp X smirk uh, comp, but in Rando's 2022 footy tipping comp. I'm coming 10th out of 59th, which isn't too bad. It's not too bad. I'm still doing quite well. Uh, The pro tippers are just beating me though. But anyway, thank you for choosing a big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. I hope you enjoyed that round eight review. Uh, I enjoyed round eight. I thought it was a really entertaining game of football and a lot of upsets in that one, in my opinion as well. Uh, But thank you for choosing big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. Recommend this podcast to a friend and I'll see you guys in the next one. One. Bueno.